All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner. This is a special breaking news recruiting edition. I'm Bobby Bancroft, and I'm here with Casual Hoya, NY Hoya, and Nationwide Nolan. I cannot believe we are back together so soon. As everyone knows, if you're listening to this, Patrick Ewing scored his first huge recruiting victory by landing five-star shooting guard Aminu Muhammad. This is going to be the Hoya's Biggest recruit probably since Greg Monroe, Austin Freeman. You got to go a ways back. This is now going to be a five-man class with legacy four-man big four-star big man Ryan Matumbo, top one fifty guards Jordan Riley, Tyler Beard, and not to forget Jalen Billingsley. Andrew, you haven't been here in a while. Can you believe it? I can believe it, but I mean this is an exciting day for for Hoyas fans, obviously, and it's, it's frankly a long time coming that we finally have uh, corralled someone as, as good as, as Muhammad. And it's just very exciting. I mean, just in listening to you rattle off all those names of kids that are going to be here next year, I mean, are we loaded? Like, is George Sean going to be loaded next season? And, and, and even the fact that I'm asking that, I don't even recall the last time I even thought about that. So this is like a, a very exciting day for Hoyas fans. Kudos to the staff. Kudos to Ewing for getting this one done and um i'm excited and just by the reaction of everyone on twitter and and elsewhere uh everyone obviously feels the same way so this is a a great day so ny hoya i don't know if you get all the credit for what you wrote on casual hoya in the last month or so but nolan did predict it guys it was just a 24 hours ago we were talking about is this kid going to come here and I read from Wyatt Wheeler in the Springfield News Leader that this morning Muhammad didn't know where he was going to school. So he uh, he I, admitted as much in the in the press conference today. He 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 candidly said it came down to Georgetown and Georgia today. He made his decision after talking to his brothers, and ultimately he decided that the the value of the Georgetown degree meant that he could do anything with his life, and that's that's what it came down to. And of course, there was probably a you know a little casual Hoya article that was posted giving him all the reasons why that was the case, and that was that was front and center as one of the reasons. So you're right. Look, I think this is the signature moment so far in the in the Ewing era, unquestionably. And and the other thing, and we now I think have the number six recruiting class overall in the country for 2021. The other thing is what a difference a year makes. This time last December, we went from. So much promise, a team that looked headed to the tournament, a great win against Texas, a big fight against Duke, and then the team falling apart. We lose all hope. So right now, after a very, very difficult year for a variety of reasons, all of a sudden there's room for optimism. I just can't help thinking about that Counting Crow song, A Long December, but there's a reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. Nolan. (laughs) <laughs> Tremont Waters never showed up. He got drafted. The last Georgetown guard to get drafted is Allen Iverson. Is this a kid that can get drafted at a guard for the Hoyas? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's interesting about this. Really, since Ewing got the job, I think he said on record, like, I need one of me. Like, maybe not necessarily a center, but a guy who is McDonald's All-American, top of his class. And it is interesting that he ended up not getting a center to fill that void. I think, I mean, this should be the first, I mean, sub what 
I mean, sub six eight player really. I mean, I guess he's maybe you want to classify him more as a wing than a true guard, but he should be in the running to get drafted year and a half from now, we hope, uh, if he enrolls in the fall. And he's, from everything I gather, a lot of these five-star kids really aren't worth the chase. Like Ewing chased the big kid at Memphis, Cissé, last year, which if you've seen him play at all, you would see it wasn't really worth the time to have a kid like that for one year. But with him, I mean, if you throw on just the highlights of Muhammad, he doesn't quite jump out to you just as like this athletic marvel, but everything he does is just solid and he plays hard. He seems to be willing to buy into a team concept. So all around it's, it seems like a home run to me. And he basically counts as a local recruit. Yeah. Yep. Andrew on a scale of one to hanging out with Bruce Springsteen as Georgetown beat Syracuse in the dome. How excited are you? Look, it's funny how how I saw this news come to be this evening. I was with my kids in a, um, like, rented a movie theater with some other couples here, you know, because that's what they're doing with movie theaters these days. And it was to see the movie Elf. So I'm sitting in a dark theater, and I pull up on Twitter, like, there was the, they were showing the press conference for the announcement. Were you guys watching it? Like I on was. The, the, on the news leader, they had, like, a Periscope thing. So I'm trying on Facebook. To, like, Whatever it was, but I was I was watching it on some link on Twitter, and like I I couldn't see like what jer- what frame jersey he pulled up. Like I didn't <laughs> recognize. I was like, okay, what is this? <laughs> like, and, and frankly, after I got a better look at it, I was like, that's the logo that I love. Like that old school, you know, bulldog on all fours logo. So I was excited to even see that on stage. And the fact that he picked it up, I was like, wait, did, did that really happen? Because so many times we've been burned by these like public announcements the haircut um, the haircut yeah 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 so it's just it's just nice to have one go away so yeah i'm excited i mean obviously it's not hanging out with springsteen excited <laughs> but it's you know it, it's a good thing and you know one of the things i wanted to mention was it's 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 nice to get muhammad to commit to georgetown but what it really does is i think it it also raises the eyebrows of people around the college basketball landscape you know, anytime you can pull a five-star, anytime you can put together a class that Ewing has done for, for next year, it, you know, people are like, oh, okay, Georgetown, I see you, you know, and so that can help bring other kids. You know, Matumbo himself said he wanted Muhammad to come, and he came. So we'll, we'll see what it does for class of 2022 and beyond. Yeah, kids say that all the time when they commit, I'm going to bring this guy and this guy. And I know that Matumbo is a big signing because if that doesn't happen, this podcast might not even exist. We might not be talking to each other. Who the hell knows? So the blog got saved. The podcast came along with it. And Matumbo, I'm not going to say he delivered because that's not really fair to Muhammad because he's his own guy. But man, that looks pretty good. Obviously, when you have a class like this, you guys want to talk about, you know, if you're old enough like us, you want to talk about Fab Five and stuff like that. And I know it's not at that level, but what's the last Georgetown class you guys think would compare to this? I'd even throw in, what was it, 2014, the Copeland-White-Campbell group, mm-hmm. which really, I mean... Peak? Yeah, I mean, which should have been an awesome class that just fizzled out and really ruined JT3's tenure. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think you would go with that and the... In the Otto and Whittington class. Anyone else? I was I mean, just going to say that. 
Yeah, no, go, go ahead, Andrew. No, I, I was going to say that you know one of the bigger things though, and I think Nolan, you, you pointed it out in a in a tweet at some point that I saw as I was scrolling through all of them was, look, now you have the talent, but you've got to coach it, right? So mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that there is probably no pressure on the staff this year because there's zero expectation, but that's not going to be the case next year. And when you've got an excited fan base for the first time in a long time, suddenly we're going to want to see some some wins, you know, and an exciting brand of basketball. So, you know, while I'm very excited that now we have the talent on the roster, let's see what the coaching staff can do to put it all together. Muhammad, Muhammad said uh, he said there were three main reasons why he chose chose Georgetown. One was the academics. Another was being able to play for a Hall of Fame coach. And then he also said style of play. So it was also refreshing for one of the first times to hear that style of a, style of play is the reason why someone selected Georgetown. He said Ewing just kept telling him over and over again, tough nose defense, and then pushing it, pushing the pace on offense. And he said the idea of like sort of running and running and gunning appealed to him. So it, it was interesting that you know for the last few years we've been saying all along, you know, these are the biggest reasons why someone should want to come to Georgetown. It was sort of gratifying that you're someone expressed those as being the reason why they ultimately decided to come. And clearly he did not watch or listen to us last night. Correct. <laughs> he, he only reads what we have to say. He doesn't listen to podcasts. That's perfect. I, I do much more talking, not very much writing these days. So that's going to work out really well for him. As far as the class is composed, is it, you've got, obviously you've got your center. You kind of got, I don't know what Billingsley is. He, I mean, I guess basically, is this a five that could ever see the court at the same time? I mean, if you laid it out like that, I think, yeah. I mean, Beard is your lead guard. You have two wings. Billingsley is kind of like a stretch four and then Matumbo. Okay. I know some people have said maybe him and Wahab play together, but to me, Matumbo, he's just the center. I I don't think you're using him in any other role. So, yeah, I think they all complement each other nicely. I I agree. I mean, I think you could have all five on the floor at the same time. They are sort of like a, a one through five, which makes this class even more appealing. I don't think all five of them are going to start on day one. Right. Um, you know, a lot depends on what shakes out with this class, but I, I think it's 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 very possible you'll get three freshmen, two or three freshmen starting, probably three freshmen starting with with Kudis at the five and potentially Dante Harris, uh, potentially Don Carey in more of a shooting role. Who knows what's going to happen with, you know, whether Javon and Jamarco decide to stay for that extra year now that they have, in theory, have eligibility for one more year, I guess. I, I don't know, but it's it's exciting, the idea that if we wanted to, we could just run all five of these guys together. Andrew, you said that you were in a movie theater watching Elf. I, I yeah. did find it impressive that you were still able i had forgotten our buddy jeff jeff Ehrman at i think he's at maryland 24 7 if that's wrong i apologize you know last week i think i quote tweeted him he had a he had said something about you know comparing ewing to mullen and that kind of stuff i didn't even i just said this is what the opinion in college park is i think is what i is what i put down and then i think he was the only crystal ball that was out there so not many people were guessing but he did have georgia i did find it impressive that you were able to pull that no, there, there were there were all seven of them who made. Oh, picks. seven! All, all picked Georgia. His name was on there for some reason. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. The latest okay. one. But look, I, I said it on this podcast. I mean, following recruiting for me is 
the biggest waste of time. I don't know why so many fans invest time into doing it because I, I've always believed that the only people that know anything about where a kid is going is the kid and possibly his high school coach and handler or whatever. Everyone else is just in their mother's basement, like playing a guessing game and, you know, sitting in their underwear. So, you know, when 24 seven rivals, whoever starts making these predictions, they're, fo- they're just following the leader. They don't really, they don't know anything. So I, I don't really put much stock into the, the crystal ball. It's more of a, an opaque ball as it were. Um, but, um, uh, again, I, I, I was happy to see him just pull up that. Uh, it, it was a jersey. What, what, was, what was on it? It was a jersey with Muhammad on it with the old school logo. Was I seeing things? They they went through a lot of work to frame all those jerseys. Like they framed what? a DePaul jersey. What? <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, that's great. And by the way, so is Elf. I hadn't seen Elf in a long time. And that it was refreshing. There was actually some more adult humor that I picked up this this go around that I certainly didn't get about you know ten years ago. You guys gonna watch Die Hard next? No, but I I did start a great show. This is a you know big digression, but Your Honor on Showtime. I don't know if you, you with Brian Cranston filmed in New Orleans. Tremendous. Check it out. That, that's timely. I just recently picked up Showtime. It was just something that had to be done. The deal with yeah. TV was just far too good. They they got me in, and in three months, I'm going to forget to cancel, and I'm going to get charged at least once for it. So congratulations, service rep at DirecTV. You got me. Do we think, it sounds like, you know, Howie and um, Nolan, we talked last night. It doesn't sound like this is a kid that's going to show up second semester, and I think we're probably all on board. Andrew, you can answer as well. We don't really want him to. Is that kind of what we're thinking? Yeah, I don't want him to. I, I said something today on, on the side. I said, look, if it means that we lose every other game for the rest of the season in order to get Muhammad for next season, I would sign to that in two seconds. Like, all I want to see for the remainder of this season is that I guess the youngsters get some meaningful playing time and develop. But for me, wins and losses this season don't really matter. You all, you all feel differently, or no? I feel I, exactly the same way. And all I wanted to see with the Jets was let the young guys play and draft Trevor Lawrence. Instead, I got Frank Gore <laughs> and the number two overall pick. Yep. <laughs> so one out of two isn't bad. I'll take it. That's exact. I, I agree completely with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would rather have him just. Hopefully, we have a normal summer. He can get there for counter league and just bring him in. The usual freshman for progression. It's, I mean, if you throw him in there now, I mean, even though he has a college-ready frame and, I mean, obviously he can play, it's just, I, I don't know where the upside is at. This year especially, it's just who knows how many games we're going to have left. So uh, I would like him just to come with the rest of the freshman class when it's time. Andrew, you mentioned expectations. When the program basically re- restarted this year, this was kind of, you know, year year one, even though it's year four. Does this year, does next year's class does it kind of put the emphasis on making the tournament next year? You think that's going to be the fans' expectation, or is it going to be a situation where it's still year three? I think that this has changed the rules of the game, and I think that the expectation is going to be you make the tournament next year. And for you guys that have been following him more closely, Howie and Nolan, is this a one and done, or do you think you know those quotes about education and degree, you think he's more of a two- or three-year player? I'll just answer the expectation thing. It's absolutely tournament time next season because we waited a long time, a long time to make yeah. the tournament. And now, you know, assuming everything holds together, 
there's no excuses talent-wise. There's certainly been teams that have less talent from freshmen than what we're going to put on the floor next year that have made the tournament. So for me, it is absolutely make the dance next year. Take this year off, do whatever, do what you got to do, tweak this, tweak that. But next year, we, we got to get back in the dance. I would agree with that. I mean, the personnel is going to be there where that should be an attainable goal. And is he one and done? I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, he's not, I mean, if he's, his shooting has to improve for sure. I mean, if you look at his numbers, just in the EYBL, I think he might have even been under 30% from three. I mean, he's just, he's solid at everything, but I'm not sure the measurables and the skill level right now are there where, you know, is he a fringe first rounder? I don't think, I mean, I think people see five-star top 15 recruit. I mean, he's not going to walk in the door and be a lottery pick, be out of here in six months. Okay. Um, so, so, so he's not a kid who's, who's scoring 30 a game and putting the team on his back. I would be surprised if that was who he is. I mean, he does score the ball for sure, but I would think he just fits in nicely around the other pieces. He probably is your go-to guy just because he is that much better at what he, at what he does compared to others, but he's not – I think skill-wise, there's a little bit of room for growth with his outside shooting, which would maybe temper my expectations just in year one. But like I said, I mean, defensively, I mean, I just pulled up something Rivals had wrote last year at the Peach Jam where he pretty much went head-to-head with Jonathan Kumonga, who's in the G League now, who's supposed to be a lottery pick this year. I mean, he had 22 points, 13 rebounds, and went toe-to-toe with him. And that's, I mean, one of the best things he does is rebound the ball and plays defense. So Ewing has kind of targeted those kids who just give max effort. So he should fit in well with the rest of the class. But I don't think he's not walking in here. I I wouldn't think you give him the ball and just say, hey, take over. I think he's more of a plug-and-play guy who will be really solid. In addition, Bobby, I'll ask one question here for for the group. I mean, in addition to this roster transformation that we're going to have next season, I assume you guys still want to see perhaps something on the bench as well. I mean, are are you guys seeing anything this year that indicates that defensively this this program is heading in the right direction? As a team? Yeah. Not yet. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll I'll give them a little bit of the, sort of the benefit of the doubt. I think it's a little bit early. I think maybe it was just that West Virginia and St. John's didn't attempt a lot of threes in the first St. John's game and and our game against West Virginia, but, but let's see where the numbers end up. If we're still the worst perimeter defensive team among all power five schools, obviously there's, there's a, there's a problem that needs to be fixed, but I kind of want to see how this shakes out a little bit more throughout the season, whether we make adjustments. I would wonder, I mean, Ewing kind of came in with the idea of maybe he wants to up the pressure and not even full court, but just even in the half court. I mean, if you're not good on the perimeter now with Tyler Beard, Jordan Riley and Mohammed, I mean, that's, it is coaching. I mean, those, that should be the core of a really good group defensively on the perimeter. And to what Howie said, it's, it's early, you know, we haven't really seen much of Clark because of his injury and Sibley is obviously not necessarily ready to play in the Big East, although we're seeing him a little bit more and more, which is encouraging for such a highly rated recruit in this year's class. And we're all, we're obviously getting, we're going to get a ton of Dante Harris until 
until Jalen comes back. But I think, I think my answer of no, yeah, it is early. You're going into game eight on Wednesday against Seton Hall. I think it'll be nice to see what you have in Clark, you know, maybe Clark getting some of those minutes that, that b is getting right now. Does it feel weird to be having such a positive podcast, guys? I mean, I think <laughs> it's just sort of, sort of numb. It's just like when was the last time we had a, a positive, uh, something really this positive to talk about? I was honestly about to go on a walk with the family. And I was like, oh, you know, it's 558. Let me just find this link. And I couldn't believe what I was watching. And I tweeted, you know, I tweeted a couple things out. But one of them was, man, it, it feels great to not follow recruiting and have this happen, you know? Um, yeah. I, I think I'm just scarred by Nerlens Noel, and that's, that's you know, that's eight years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think the two best moments were about, so far, were about a year ago. Like the, I think our win against Texas and the optimism heading into that Duke game, we all felt good. And I think that win against SMU, after we had the first right. few guys transfer, but we still had... You know, this is before Galen Alexander left. This is before uh, uh, Gardner. Actually, it was before right Gardner before. Left. It was right before Howie. It was right before your brother came on the podcast, and we haven't won a game since. <laughs> that that was actually he he came on right after the win at Butler, and then we proceeded to lose the next seven games of the season. There, there you go. Uh, but so that was later. But 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 yeah, I, I that that SMU win. It was it was like a complete team victory. And we finally got to see, you know, everybody gel, Terrell Allen come together out of nowhere. So that that was really fun. But that was a year ago. It was literally a year ago when we got to experience mm-hmm. that. And it's nice to have the optimism back. I wasn't watching Elf, but I was eating Chinese food on my kitchen table with my <laughs> daughter. And I had I had the press conference on. She was asking me what it was all about. This was her first experience watching a high school kid decide where he was going to college, <laughs> where he was going to play basketball. So I explained all of this to her and my wife walked over and she was just like, don't get your hopes up. It's not going to end well. <laughs> and so then when he announced Georgetown and the two of us were shouting and hugging, it was, you know, it was a nice, it was a nice moment for the two of us and really representative of what it was like for the entire Georgetown community. It was the opposite of the New Orleans Noel experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, where were you when Aminu Muhammad came to Georgetown? Nolan, what were you doing? I was watching the stream. Uh, couldn't quite make out the jerseys like you, but yeah, I think after he picked it up, he said George, or maybe he said it before. Yeah, that was an interesting way to do it. I've ne- I haven't seen the frame jersey move before, so that was a nice touch. What happens to the other framed jerseys? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I mean, I with a hat, you could just give it to somebody, right? Like you walk out of the school, hey, you want this DePaul hat? Okay, great. Good luck. You know this. <laughs> Throw them in the yeah. garbage, and we wish them well. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it, 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 one thing that's interesting though is, you know, how we had the article, you know, why I mean, you should choose Georgetown. It's not like I follow the other schools, you know, that closely, but I didn't really see much of anything from them. And I know Georgia's a, you know, more of a football school and, and whatnot, but for, you know. It, if the ground swelling was everyone's predicting him to go to Georgia, you would have thought you'd have seen a little bit more about him. Uh, you know, a five-star going to a school isn't nothing, especially a school that just produced the number one pick in the draft. It was just interesting that there there wasn't much 
I didn't see much enthusiasm from the other schools on the list other than, than us in Georgia and really Indiana until about, it seemed like a month or so ago, or whenever it was that, um, was it Parker Stewart? So someone um, committed to them recently or transferred to, to Indy. But um, whatever, I mean, it's just nice to have the kid, obviously. Okay, we, we probably have our best question um, from Over the Hilltop, who's clearly been listening to all of the most recent episodes what are the five Eshrick era recruits that Aminu's commitment brings to mind? Please answer in no fewer than 45 minutes. <laughs> Eshrick era recruits. So does that include people he recruited like Roy Hibbert and Jeff, and Jeff Green? Uh, that, I think that that should count. Yes. Well, those two are on the list. <laughs> who was who the guy that ended up transferring to UCLA? It was like, Alfred Aboyo or something like that. Yeah, he was that. He might have went there. Like that must was that a fallout from the Estrick firing? Did he bail, or maybe he bailed before then? But he ended up being pretty productive for the Howland uh, UCLA teams. He went to the Final Four multiple years. Yeah, he had a cup of coffee in the NBA. I think. I just remember, just like look, Ahoya. A boy, like this is this is just a match made in heaven. And then when he decommitted, he, it, yeah, I think it might have been when they had the coaching change. I remember being kind of devastated by that. Actually, I, I remember when Anthony Perry, um, when when he came came to Georgetown, he had a lot of um, expectation with him, right? I think he was just a. I think he was like Big John's last class. Fair enough, then. Yeah, but, but he, he, same I thing. Recall, when I recall a kid who, you know, who who came to school with a, a lot of expectation, who who didn't really deliver, I, I always think of Anthony Perry. I think he was really hurt by the was it what's the is it Prop forty eight or Prop forty two? I think he was really hurt by. I think he missed a whole year. But yes, thank you, over the hilltop Hoya. That was a great tweet, and I can tell that you've been listening and you've been loving the hell out of these episodes of Kente Corner. Guys, I know we were just on. I don't want to take everyone's time. Am I missing anything? Is there anything else we have to get out? I'm more than willing to are there, stay are, on are here there forever. Other, are, there, are there any other good questions? Best hotels for in the New Orleans. Fire questions? Just, just fire away. <laughs> okay. Best hotels in New Orleans for early April 2022? <laughs> early April 2022. A, a new <laughs> hotel opened up a, a nice bed and breakfast called The Chloe. C-H-L-O-E, it's uptown, so you can avoid the whole downtown scene, and it is, uh, it's is—it's pretty casual. At Hoya Bay, bigger impact on program direction given trajectory at the time, Monroe or Aminu Mutombo? I mean, I'll just say real quick, when they got Monroe, I just thought I was going to be going to the Final Four every year. Like, we had you know just been there. Obviously, they didn't make it, but they ran into Steph Curry and all that stuff, and you get Monroe. I mean, at that point, Georgetown was rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, and that wasn't, I mean... As good as Muhammad is, I mean, Greg was for a while there the top player in his class. Yeah. And I mean, he went head to head with Coach K and beat him out. So I think that was a little bit different. How many rings? How <laughs> many rings? Like uh, Big East rings? Sure. I, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine where. It's so hard for me when I'm watching the Final Four to even like comprehend Georgetown being back you know, in, in that spotlight. Um, but baby steps, I mean, can we win the Big East with a 
seasoned class of 2021 class like this, you know, like if they can stay together for a couple of years, absolutely. You know, Nova can't stay good forever, right? Can they? God, I hope not. You know what I saw that was interesting? I mean, team rankings with recruiting and college basketball don't matter much. It's not college football. It's quantity kind of accounts for too much. But out of the top 12 teams, five are Big East schools. You have DePaul, DePaul, UConn, Creighton, Georgetown, Villanova. That's your five in the top 12. But is that that a lot of the case because – Big East schools tend to get a lot of their commits on the on the early side. I mean, I don't know. Like, it seems like those rankings change as we always get closer to the season. Like, who's who's left in the class of 2021? Who's, who's... That leads me to my next question. Yeah. Any chances at Chet? I believe that's Chet Hol- Holmgren. Is that my I mean, he's the, he's the number one prospect in the class, right? Right. Yeah. That would be <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, you're talking – Patrick Ewing would have, I mean, not to say he's as good as Patrick Ewing, but it would be that level of, I think, a surprise. And, I mean, he's a future first, second overall draft pick. Why he, Chet Holmgren he, 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 Georgetown? Yeah, get working on it, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's like, I mean, when I watch him, I mean, he's, he's very lanky, but he kind of reminds me of almost like Anthony Davis, right? Like, sort of. Yeah, you know, when I Anthony mean, Davis was in high school, like when he was before he put on like eighty pounds of pure muscle. Yeah, the NBA better, draft, better shooter though. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean it's. I mean, some people kind of say he almost reminds them of Kevin Durant, and then yeah, he's wow. he is up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, he keeps listing Georgetown in his top half a dozen or so. Uh, I don't know how the scholarship situation is going to work out, and I don't know if. Um, where the minutes are going to go, but there are bigger problems to deal with. I mean, that that will solve itself. Should he yeah. want to show up? I believe in what year will Georgetown win an NCAA tournament men's basketball game again next year. It's hard to argue with that because look, I think if you, if you have a kid like Wahab can win games for you on, I mean, he, when we were competitive this season against Villanova and West Virginia, he was really good. And to have that kind of post presence is special. Not a lot of teams have it. And if you suddenly sprinkle all of these other kids around them and they and they grasp the system and they and they somehow figure out how to play defense, I don't think it's out of the question to think that we could finish in, you know, top four in the conference next year and then win the game in the tournament. I mean, also think about it. We the best way we get Muhammad, we get. I'm already saying Muhammad. That's way we get Kudus the ball is, you know, just just post ups under the basket. Imagine if we had ball handlers who could penetrate and dish it off to Wahab underneath the rim. You know, we've got, hopefully Dante and Jalen can provide that at some point this season, but we'll have a few different ball handlers next season who can actually penetrate and either get fouled or dish it underneath. It'd be fun to see when we have different guys who can facilitate. And you can never have enough ball handlers. And you know, you can even play two at the same time. That's actually a thing. (laughs) I think that's probably it for the questions. I did have another question for the guys that were following this more closely. I I know that we speak about the staff in general terms, just from the standpoint of things are kind of staying the same. Usually you kind of see shakeups as you try and move forward. Outside of Ewing, do we know who was kind of taking the lead? Which assistant? I'm not positive on this one. My guess is that it would have been uh, Wahid, but I'm not sure. 
Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know the answer. It seemed like it seemed like Ewing was the the point man on this one, but I feel like on a lot of the the ones where Ewing is is kind of the face man, that that Orr does a lot of the uh, you know the, the the background stuff and might have been doing like the daily texting, but I have no idea. I mean, Howie, I know you followed Muhammad's uh, the handler, whatever his name is, Guardian. On Guardian, sorry. Um, <laughs> did did he ever? mention him getting texts every day or anything like that no i think there were lots of zoom chats with the whole staff right. but it's tough to it's tough to really know i this could have just been ewing taking taking the lead to be honest because it sounds like ewing was in touch with him pretty regularly and frankly it should be right i mean <laughs> yeah. talking about a kid like muhammad it should be ewing that that is, is just getting it done just to add in there i've been pretty critical of the staff and from I tweeted this out earlier today, but from when Mac transferred in the spring with what you were left with and pretty much all the momentum had eroded away to hang on to Tyler Beard and then add these other four to this class. It's, I think it's pretty remarkable and they deserve a ton of credit. And I especially thought with the shutdown of everything, I mean, to me, it seemed like this would be the last program that you would want to have to try to recruit over zoom calls just because, how inept they can be uh, with social media stuff sometimes, but they pulled it off. So a ton of credit to them. Are we yeah, the hottest did... team in the country right now? <laughs> you mean since <laughs> since this morning? Uh, just in general. I mean, we were just joking. Is Chet Holmgren like why would he want to come to Georgetown? But why wouldn't he want to come to Georgetown? I mean, we we listen. We're going places. Twenty twenty one is looking up. Up your get your season tickets now. <laughs> By the way, do you do you have your cardboard cutout in uh, McDonough? My son has one. Okay, I, I do not. It was money well spent. What, what what were they asking for those? I think it was forty. Oh. Forty for the first ten for each additional family oh. member. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because you basically you get two. Yeah, you get two for twenty five. Yeah, uh, I didn't think that they needed me there. You know, if I'm going to be there, I want uh, I want it to be real, but. I think it's really important that that my son really just you know the fandom just stays with him. Oh, uh, sorry to interject, but I, I believe you have a media avail with Ewing tomorrow morning, don't you? Yeah, he he uh, I mean, he can't speak about this until the kid signs. Oh God, I hope he signs. I don't think we're in, are we in a, are, are we in a period? Uh, football is or they just had a period. I don't know. Yeah, no, they can't officially comment on stuff until it's been signed, sealed, and delivered. Now, well, for next yeah. year, would you want – so this year's schedule was supposed to be pretty ambitious because of what they thought they were going to have. You know, they were going out to California, an event. I believe it was UCLA, Kansas, and UVA, you know, and then all the other stuff that they had. Are you – do you want to ease these guys in, or do you want to just say, hey, look, we're going to go play Kentucky? Yeah, throw them to the Wolves. Create some interest in the in the fan base. I don't want to see them yeah. play Hoppin State. No. JT3 scheduling. That's what I yeah. want to see. Yeah. Especially yeah. since we expect to go to the tournament next year. You don't want to lose seating or lose out entirely because of a weak schedule. Give us some games. And and actually, more importantly, don't schedule any of those 300 teams because that's, that's what really brings you down. Make sure we've got, got enough games against top teams. And then for uh, the rest, just keep them in the 
in the 100 to 200 range, so we don't take a huge beating. Georgetown playing a big name program on ESPN or whatever, you know, in, in prime time, even if you lose, does more for the program than winning against some sort of, you know, second tier mid major. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that you are, you're not going into those games, you're, you're going in well prepared, right? Like you, you have a loaded weapon with what's coming in and, we're not talking about what's on the team currently. I think that we've seen some bright spots from freshman Wahab. I think we continue to see improvements from him, but we don't know. Like literally anyone on the team could come back because of what the NCAA has done. Like you could literally get another year of Blair Island. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> By the way, any of you guys listen to DSR's song? Oh, I, meant I did. I added it to my playlist. Okay. <laughs> he was playing at a dinner table with his, with his daughter. DSR was definitely a cool guy to talk to. I did I did appreciate him coming on and I, I think the song sounds like if you didn't if, if you just put it on, I'd be like, I, you know, I wouldn't say, Hey, is that someone that played at Georgetown? Like it it sounds like a legitimate song to me. Like a banger? Like He's got a little drink in him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I know that we're probably not his age group that, you know, he's looking to impress, but as someone that likes to listen to all types of music, I thought it was pretty good. You know um, what you should do, Bobby. Once you, we've only had the podcast for a year. If you ever figure out how to get like intro music into it, <laughs> that's what you should do. Have DSR do it. Yeah, use his song. There's like some rights thing. Like all the songs, Vox Dude, Media told me I can. He'll, he'll give you the rights. He was just on your podcast. He was Georgetown kid. All right, I'm just saying. Like when Vox Media finally told me what I could use, I was just like, uh. I wanted to come into like you know Dre or something, and I was like, what is this? It's like elevator music. Yeah. Well, when I get to hang out with Springsteen, I'll ask if I can borrow one of those. So complete, complete non sequitur, but it, it's going to be really fun when we go to the tournament next year. And then on our way to the final four, when we beat Texas Tech, LSU, Arizona, <laughs> and Duke, it's going to be fun. Well, I'm thinking of a first round game against, where's, where's Grayson Carter? Like UT Arlington or something? Where's, where's he? Arteries. Yeah, I actually checked that out the other day. I mean, he has. A, I think, yes, I'm glad I'm not the only one with the sickness. I think he's actually collected a few DNPs lately. So mm. really, huh? He actually made a he couple threes. Antoine Walker looking good at Rhode Island. True. Yeah, Walker looked pretty good. Well, anyway, Gabe, all right, so what, we we we've got some minutes. We've got Seton Hall tomorrow, right? Yeah. Are any of you guys coming back? I can't remember. I feel like Nolan actually is busy for the first time. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure me. it out. It's, it's, it's possible. We'll see what happens. I can, I guess, lie and tell Andrew that something big happened and he'll show up. Andrew's become like only like a like he's only big big game hunting. I think the last time <laughs> you were on was when uh, Matumbo saved the blog. Big game hunter. I like it. Meanwhile, you got the. Well, you know, so if, if if we win, against Seton Hall tomorrow. I'll come on then. That's a promise. Okay. Is it tomorrow well, or Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Whatever, whatever it is. I just know that no one's – I think I'm going to have to try and get Ben to come on the 30th. They play Creighton at 9, which means you're looking at like an 11.30, 11.45 start time. This is the hottest program in the country, so I think you can do an 11.30 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we should wrap this one up. Everyone, thanks for coming on. If you're listening and you made it this far, first of all, that's incredible. Second of all – Go and rate us. Subscribe, rate, listen today. We need some more. We need some more feedback. We're trying to give the people what they want. Hopefully, we're doing that. Andrew, 
NY Nation, thank you so much. Hoyas Access, hottest program in the country. You heard it here first. <laughs>